Hi everybody, on today's episode with Tom Shields, we talk about Tom's struggles with mental health. It may not be suitable for young children, but I'm really thankful that Tom was able to share his story, and I hope you enjoy it. All right, Tom Shields, welcome to the podcast, my friend. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. Good. We were just chatting off air a second ago just about being trapped in the house, man. Just When was the last time you actually left the house? Uh, let's see. I went grocery shopping. What day is it? Wednesday? Um, so, yeah, it's Thursday. Yeah. So it's like seven days a month. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I'm taking it like pretty serious just because, like, I mean, before – we didn't, uh, the IOC announced anything. I just didn't really want to get it. And we were still kind of in the water, still kind of not. So I just wanted to play by the rules and like do my due diligence for, uh, Durden and like for the guys so they could, you know, so we could say like we could have pretty tight controls and we were pretty lucky coming off of, uh, we left March 3rd for Des Moines and March 8th, we were in OTC. So we were, I was only exposed to like, you know, those seven people that whole um three two week or supposed to be two week camp so we were like the pro group that we had like we had kind of known who we were around for a long time so it was it was nice but uh now that's all over so um now i've been home and that's not good for you man because you're an outdoors guy you'd love being yeah outdoors, don't you? yeah but and this is okay so i don't want to misinform i think it's just the six counties along the coast here but if you cross the county lines without an essential purpose like if you were traveling you can go home um government work out of state commerce something something so basically you can drive a truck um if you aren't one of those like three or four things you can get like a big pretty big fine and um i've had some friends cross the border to go dive in monterey who've gotten fined or seen people get fined mm. so like that's you know maybe that's hearsay i don't know but um yeah man i miss the ocean and there isn't one I guess I could go to Alameda and like paddle around on my kayak there, but that's the bay. It's not really the same thing. So for someone like you who does need the ocean, does need the outdoors, as many of us like that, right? Um, Absolutely. How do we get through this then? I don't know, dude. I'm just kind of like, I'm supposed to be studying the market and like investing. That was kind of what I put my project on. But right now I'm just studying Texas Hold'em. which seems like a much less better use of my less good use of my time. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of doing stuff like that. Um, Trying to cook, trying to like kill time throughout the day. And I get my exercise bike today. I kind of gave myself like 48 hours after the announcement to just kind of chill. But now like my legs are all crampy and stuff. So I should probably like stretch or sit on my head or do something. So I'll probably start working out here and that'll kill like an hour or two. Yeah. Other than that, just kind of like sit around and pray I don't have it, just like everybody else is. Yeah. Well, Michael Phelps came out with a statement the other day and said that he was worried about athletes like you who mm. are at the highest level. And I mean, you've had you've been open with your challenges with mm. depression in the past. Like, uh, did you hear what he had to say and and how serious? You think Not at all. Um, yeah. I I mean I mean no disrespect. I just didn't see it. Um, yeah. I can imagine. I can extrapolate. Yeah. I, I mean, I would agree. I thank you for, for his sentiment. Um, 
it's a weird emotion, I guess. But at the end of the day, I think that we're not the only one. Think, like it would be very self-centered of me to, to think that I'm the only person who has this like, not like job security anxiety, because it is like that publicly outlived mm. part of it too. But, um, you know, I have friends who, you know, work in hotels. I have friends who work in non-essential jobs. Um, and it's, it's hard right now, you know? Yeah, for sure. So what do you think is, is going to happen? You think we're just going to um, move everything back a year or are you not trying to speculate on where that's going to go? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to speculate. I have no idea what the ISL is going to do. I know I have some phone calls. Um, you might know about that. Uh, I have no idea about the games. I have no phone calls. They're not asking or telling me anything. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, you know, I, I used to swimming has been great at this during this time. Durden has been amazing. Um, so the communication from them has been spectacular, but outside of that, it's just like the big time, like Thomas Bach level decisions aren't, you know, I don't think anyone's really privy to that. So, I mean, I think a year like obviously makes sense. Like, Tokyo being Northern Hemisphere, there isn't really an impetus to have it in the spring um, or through the winter, right? Whereas, like, if it was in Australia or Brazil, like, that would actually make more sense. Um, but, yeah, so I have no idea. Yeah, I'm actually going to have Durden on the on the show in a few days, mm -hmm. and we're going to chat. But, nice. like, I mean, we don't need to know all the details, but what are some of the things your coach is saying to you right now? Um, my coach has been emailing us every day. I think that's one of the things that he does really, really well is leadership and all of those kinds. So whenever, well, not whenever, this hasn't happened really before. So when we enter into this, he kind of knew that there was going to be some like up levels of focus on the bigger picture. Not that there isn't a trust of him, but it's just like, well, everything's changing from like every day. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, he's been emailing us every day and he's been, you know, on and off the phone with, I mean, you know, name a person, you know, Finn, Lindsay, um, anyone and everyone on, on all the levels of, you know, the head coaches at Cal have calls like weekly or every other day or some, you know, some ridiculous amount, um, to organize a body of people like that who have such different schedules usually. Um, so, you know, he's been sending us all those uh, informational things. And a lot of it has to do with undergrads. That's his primary job. But it's like, oh, it's good to stay in with the group. And it's like, I don't have academics, but it is very, um, it's a big part of swimming still, um, as there is very little to none um, professional life out there. So he's just been doing that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think he was on the ball. He kind of got us emotionally prepared for the IOC announcement. I think he was one of the first voices that I heard who kind of said like, Hey, look, like they're not going to say anything official, but like, this is the way I, I can read the TV. He's like, no one's told me anything. Um, I hope that's okay to say, he doesn't get mad at me. But um, so I think that, you know, that kind of like being able to tell what's kind of going to happen before it happens. Um, the ability to keep, you know, 12 to 16 guys in the water and within our city ordinance was pretty impressive and in a very like healthy way. Um, where I don't feel like we were lying. Um, and, you know, the way that we kind of thought about it was like, well, until they cancel the games, like we kind of have to do our jobs. Um, you know, we weren't, we were heavily impacted. We went from like nine workouts to four a week. So like, you know what I mean? It was like, we had to very much pick our time. Yeah. Wow. 
but um you know his you know his communication ability is like second to none and you'll see that in a couple of days so yeah yeah no no dave's awesome man love that guy yep. um so what about with your teammates how are you guys staying connected um i mean i text a lot i guess you know i don't especially just kind of see each other at the pool and talk about it when we were home and stuff i don't um i haven't been like working out with any of them um i think a lot of people went home a lot of them were on spring break and a lot there's just a lot of emotions this week and i don't think that like anybody really has that desire now and i know a couple of days ago it was very very different whereas like we were still do a lot more at home exercises, blah, blah, whatever. So I'm just going to start again today by myself, but there isn't really like, excuse me, any impetus for work. Right. So we're just kind of chilling right now. Um, I'm playing poker on my little poker face app and I'm doing like, yeah, I think my family and my friends back home and uh, a couple of guys hop on zoom, but you know, other than that, everyone's just kind of processing their own way. I don't necessarily socialize that heavily with the team i'm 28 so yeah i'd rather just talk to like you know what i mean no offense to them and i think that they would, they don't want a 28 year old either. i'd rather just talk to my wife have you and your wife uh had got any plans for maybe starting a family or anything like that i would love to and that's kind of what this is kind of throwing a wrench in um you know we were applying to schools over the next couple of years for gianna and maybe myself for grad school and like a life was moving forward and like I've lived in this apartment now since 2012. <clears throat> I was an undergrad at the time and it's like rent old and it's really dope. And it's like half, we pay half the value or less on it. So it's like all of those things, like I'm not going to complain about it, but it was just like, okay, like this is going to end and it's going to, we're going to move on. And now we're kind of like in this limbo. It's like, well, are we? Cause that was going to be my income for the yeah. year. Yeah. So it's, uh, we're kind of like, uh, we haven't talked about it at all. Like obviously it's only been a couple days. She's not currently here cause we're going to wait the full two weeks. Um, while I was training just to like really keep our due diligence. So she's in Santa Cruz, but she'll probably come back. Mm. Um, yeah, today, tomorrow, this weekend, I don't really know. Well, I mean, I think it's easy for all of us to kind of find the negatives and the stuff that mm. is, is depressing in this. Uh, do you think there are positives in this? Yeah, I think um, there's always like, uh, like if I think about this from like an individual athlete standpoint, like there's athletes as benefits and athletes it doesn't. Like I think Braden or somebody, I didn't really read the article, but um, wrote an article in Swim Swim and said like who this helps in the headline picture was Medi Matella. I don't know. I always apologize to him. I don't think I ever pronounce any French names correctly, but <laughs> like he got a shoulder injury, right? And he's yeah. the world's medalist and he's a great swimmer. So like this pretty much benefits him. Uh, um, now it's like hard to look at like a global pandemic that way, but like our swimmer brains always do. And it's like, yeah, for me, I think this benefits me, um, even though I'm like older, quote unquote or whatever, but like, it gives me another year um, after being like overweight and depressed and off a suicide attempt. So like, you know, I'm trying to think of it like in terms of that, it's like it's another year to get better. It's another year to continue to grow with my team. It's another year to continue to work for Dave, work in, uh, for and with Dave, with Chase, and um, hopefully with Kevin. We'll see what happens with him and, um, you know, stuff like that. So I think there's a lot of good opportunities here. And it's like for me, like 
I'm going to be joining the workforce and raising a kid. And it's like, well, those things are going to be great. Um, I like something and I like not having a job and being <laughs> quote unquote free. Right. So like, and I don't want to look at kids that way or whatever, but you know what I mean? So I think there is positives. Like it's another year of my dream job of, that I've had since I was basically 12. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to be very thankful for that. And it's kind of forced my hand where I thought I was going to kind of, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do ISL or I don't know if I'm going to do this. or I don't know if I'm going to even try to go to Short Course Worlds. Like this is just like, boom, trials and just kind of like call it. And now it's like, okay, well, now I'm going to do all these things. And like, I just went to unshaven season best. So I should probably admit that like none of my best times are my peak. And so kind of redouble my efforts, right? And I think so if I think about it from like an inside career standpoint, like, yeah, I think it is nothing but positive for me because it can kind of help me force that commitment issue that I've had with the sport, this quad. Mm. Um, and then, you know, outside of that, it's hard to say that there's any positives because, you know, there's people dying. And so even just saying what I've said, like makes me feel yeah. rather guilty. Right. So yeah. I agree with what you're saying. And like, you have to have that mindset if you're going to be inside the sport, like, you know, there can't be any negatives. Um, cause you, that make you stuck. It's like, oh my god, like, blah blah blah, like, um, like the, one of the bigger ones for butterflies, and you hear it across the board. I, even I have probably complained about it at times. It's like, you know, we finally got um, the best swimmer in the world to retire, and not we didn't make him retire, but you know, he retired, yeah. and it's like, and then like less than eight months later, there's a new best swimmer in the world, and his best event's a hundred fly too. And it's like, damn it. Um, but I think that like, that's a very broken mindset. And I think, and I've said this from the beginning, it's like, look, like I've known this cause I made my career on it. I ended up on a cereal box because of it. It's like, I, like you're able, like this sport is so important to do well, but we ultimately work in entertainment. So the job is not only swimming fast. The job is people watching. Mm. And if you get to race Phelps and Caleb, more people are going to watch. So you can kind of like subsist off that energy, yeah. if you will, a little yeah. bit more easily. And like, of course I'm going to train my ass off. And of course I want to beat him, uh, whichever him you're talking about. But like, you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, so absolutely. Think, yeah, yeah. For sure. I don't think I have to finish that thought. You know what I mean? So like, you have to have that like positive mindset of like, no, like, and then I want to, you know, and for me, it's like, I want to beat the best. And so it's like, that's like, I think Phelps kind of dragged me into my professional career because I don't, I think if he wasn't in the event, I probably wouldn't have swam pro. Cause like, yeah. that's what I excited me. It was like, I want to take that guy on and yeah. I get to, and it like fits within my skill set. Like if he had stayed in the 400 I am, um, and, uh, his hundred fly either stagnated or, um, he stopped doing it like he did with his 400 I am and no offense to him. He made that decision. Obviously I, I think he could have been a great 400 I am or any day he chose to. Um, then that would have been like, oh, well, then I just race, you know, what do I, I don't have like, there's not that thing I'm chasing. Yeah. And so Caleb thinks the keynote keeps that alive. He keeps that energy in the event and, um, he keeps us really honest and like now more than ever, right? He was 49. So <laughs> yeah, he's decent, but, and, and you see all these in season 51s coming out and I, I, I can't say that like, obviously the credit's where it's due. Um, but like, I don't think that I go 51 this January without the, his presence last year. And I, and I think that's true for everyone who went 51 in March. Yeah. No, and I, I, and I, I, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, you have to have that mindset. And I think most people who have success in this sport, do, like have that mindset of there is no negative, there's only positives. 
Yeah, I mean, I also see you as kind of this new age swimmer who has the potential to make a lot of money. And let me let me play it out for you, right? Like when I swam, I swam the fifty freestyle. That was it. That's all I could do. You're you're the type of guy that is multifaceted. You can swim fly back. You can swim multiple distances freestyle. You, I mean, you can do it all in that sense, and be very competitive. I'm not saying you're going to dominate and win everything, but you can certainly be right up there with the winners in a lot of different events. And, the, and what has happened now is they've placed um, all these different prize money in, in, in these different places. So, you know, you've got your FINA money, you've got your, you've got your ISL money, you've got money from USA Swimming. So there's, there's ways that you can certainly make money in the sport mm. if you travel the world and you compete in enough events. I mean, is that kind of the mindset that you've taken? Yeah, yeah. I think I was... I had to forget who I was talking to recently, but, um, you know, it's like, I have a very like subsistence existence in this sport. That's kind of how I became a professional was in the fall of 2012. Jordan had me, he kind of saw that opportunity for me. So he had me defer or whatever, like drop out for a semester and travel and do the world cup. Mm. So then I came back did my senior year pro and then I missed the world like immediately, um, in 2013. And so then I went to the world cups and I made like, 27,000 those are all really public numbers so I never really worry about saying that and I think I spent 10 in travel like no one was funding me you know and then I signed with arena and then I started getting funding and I got third in the world cups and then I got the opportunity to I would say play a relatively integral role in um, helping the ISL start when it did um, and then now that is hopefully going to exist in perpetuity but we'll see <coughs> excuse me so I think that like my mindset's always been like look I can't like bank on june i can't bank on august like you know if those are there great and like the years they have been like dude i make way more money mm. i'm not going to say that like you know i don't but like yeah 70 to 85 percent of the money i've ever made has been not um in summer championship meets and yeah i don't think there's that many um american athletes that can say that i think it's just me like the current ones are like me and michael andrew and i think back in the day yeah. it'd be like peter marshall would be similar to that mm. um randall ball like you know guys who kind of like whether or not it was like Aaron, uh, Pearsall, Michael Phelps, Caleb, we were kind of forcing us into that by uh, us not being able to get on teams or just, you know, the mindset of being more of like, yeah, I think like subsistence is like a really like negative way of looking at it. Like, no, look, like I want to be able to make money more than just one or two months a year. And um, I, I can't handle that pressure in the way that I train allows for that. I don't view it as necessarily a negative. Um, I think that, you know, had the Olympics run this year, we would have seen that. And I think that would have been cool to see. Because uh, I think this year we've had more than ever. A lot of people, like, swim fast in the fall. Um, short course. And I don't think it really hurts you as much as you think, or as much as people think it does. Not you. I think, I think yeah. you understand the game entirely. Um, but it's just, you know, I, you know, it comes down to, like, Vlad, um chad and katinka are basically the three best at it um you yeah. know daniel Gierta was great at it um there's always going to be a couple names that I'm, I'm forgetting like dia was obviously the best at it in my opinion and it's like well dave metal <laughs> in the summer yeah. Yeah. and it's like i'm still trying to figure this long thing out too so i just think if you use me as the example like you're really just picking um the uh, outlier which I've kind of always been because I'm good at short course yeah. so and that's always been my rebuttal to that like attitude and I think it's a very American mindset and it's like look like if that's what you need to do to emotionally prepare if that's what you need to do to feel physically prepared then I'm not going to say no because it's just more money for me in the fall 
but um, I just, you know, I, I inherently disagree. I think that a good swimmer is a good swimmer. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're swimming at like plus 10 throughout the year, then uh, like in a 200 a short course, then it's like, I don't really know. Not that anybody was doing that. That's an over-exaggeration, like plus 10 seconds, right? But you know what I mean? Like, I just don't really know like what you're doing. Like, yeah, doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense yeah. in our program. Didn't make sense in your program. Mm. So of course we're going to say that, but I just, I don't see it. Like we have teams wandered so it's like i don't i don't not me we have other guys on the teams in the 400s now (laughs) (laughs) well listen you had um a super successful college career you know Mm -hmm. just looking back on that real quick how um how was your experience oh man it feels like forever ago it feels like a different person really um yeah it was incredible man i it was some of the best times of my life um I felt like lucky my first two years, I couldn't believe it was happening. Um, you know, like I walk out in the 400 medley relay, um, like not only did it feel like it happened to somebody else now, it felt like it happened to somebody else during, um, like I walk out in the 400 medley relay between Doogie and Nathan. And I just felt very like comfortable. Like the two tallest guys on deck, like strongest dudes, like dove in a little bit behind Stanford. Um, I ended up having the fast split, uh, in the meet. I kind of figured I was going to be able to win the 100 the next day based off that. Then I won my freshman year. Um, I always make sure to say that, like, Staub would have beaten me, and I'm aware of that. And it's always those little things. Um, I think he had some academic problems that year. He beat me the next year, and then I was able to anger win the 100 back, again, like on a lucky touch. And that kind of, like, started everything where it's like, oh, okay, I guess I could do this. And then I'm – yeah, man, it was crazy. I just, uh, I got lucky. I felt like I got lucky again and again and again. <laughs> and um, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't mean to downplay it. Like, obviously, I, I feel like I maximized on my potential and I feel like I did a great job and I'm very proud of it. But um, it feels very distant to what I do today. And it, um, yeah, I like hardly ever think about it, I guess. So, um, yeah, it was cool. That's the answer. Swim a cow if you get the chance to. Yeah, absolutely. Why not, man? They're winners, that's for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I remember distinctly, I don't know why this is just kind of burning my memory, but I remember there was a, a moment where you swam a race at NCAAs and I was standing right on lane one, just right, right here, and you just won the race. And everybody else got out of the pool and you put, the go- put your goggles on top of your head, grabbed your kickboard and just started kicking and, and preparing for the next race. You know, I was like, all right, that's done. On to the next one. And you yeah, kind of just so had they, this mentality. They were, they were very nice to me. So that was my freshman year. So I just won the 100 fly and then I was in the next heat. The two okay, three. right. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So Dana Volmer had won both the year before and we were having trouble finding my third event. I was such a terrible breaststroker. We didn't know that I could go 45 and 100 back yet, which at the time was competitive to win. And um, so we put me the two free and I got like 10th in the morning. So I was like back-to-back heats. And so Folker, yeah. our friend, um, organized like so I didn't have to walk over to the warm-down pool. And that was back in the day when you didn't have to get your awards at all. Yeah. You could just um, – oh, okay. You just send somebody else, which was kind of nice in my era. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what we did there. And I think, yeah, that helps you. Like, I think that's why you swim to college. I think you see that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm never going to kid going pro early, like get your money. I think that your, your value in this sport ends way 
earlier than you think it will. Um, whether or not you're like swimming fast value does like, you know, the, just the way the money works is like it favors younger people. And um, I wish that someone had told me that when I was 20, um, not that I would have left Cal, but just like, you know, to get when you, if, when, and if you do go pro, that's just the way the money game works. Cause companies have to take bets on you years in advance. And that's, you're going to bet on someone young. So, um, you know, I think that affects girls more than guys, like the, not the, the skipping college thing, but you see a lot of foreigners do that now in men's swimming. And I think that one thing college swimming does for you is it makes you really tough and it makes you really like have to focus on doing the next right thing. Cause you're just basically doing, at least for me, like it was, a, you know, one race and then two dual meets in, on the same day in a row. Um, and then the two fly the next day. So it's just like a really grueling schedule. And I, I think everybody has their own version of that, right? Everyone can kind of tell you you like what their days looked like and it's like yeah i mean like my seven swims on day two are really hard and i think that makes being a pro a little easier because like you know the, the hardest thing i face is like maybe a double in the morning and a triple at night at short course worlds which is hard especially at this age but um you know since NCAAs, that's the hardest day i've had physically speaking like i've never been that good um long course to kind of pull one of those off like obviously caleb had that triple i forget when it was 19 or 17 and then um, Lochte can do that 2 a.m. two back. Um, but, you know, that's not, never been my life, so never had to deal with that. <laughs> but I think college swimming prepares you for that. And that's yeah. something you want to give yourself the option to do, right, is, is multiple races on multiple days because the way we organize a sport is you can only get paid at certain times, and at those times all the races happen at once. So if you want to get paid multiple times, you got to race multiple times back to back to back. Yeah, yeah. This is life. Yeah. I feel like there was a time in my life where everything I touched turned to gold and everything was, everything was clicking, everything was popping. I had, you know, I had Fred Brusquet and I had Cesar Cielo and I had Matt Target. I had these, these sprinters and all things were going well. And, you know, people were saying I was this amazing sprint coach and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden things didn't go so well and things weren't so great and you're the worst coach on earth. And, and in some respects, I feel like, you've kind of gone through a little bit of a cycle where you're the Absolutely. Hot, hottest butterfly on earth and everything you touch turns to gold. And then you've had your own struggles and issues. I mean, do you, you feel that as well? Like that, the hot um, Oh, absolutely. Dude. I mean, I think that like, yeah, 20, let's see. I never like won a close touch in NC2A's fly, but I did backstroke. And I think that kind of like kept me in the sport most off year. So that's a lucky touch 14 beating Michael by a hundred. 16 making the games by three one hundreds. Like I really felt like there was this like hand guiding me through these things. And it's like as mm. much as I tried to screw it up, it was like, no, like you would be successful. Yeah. And, like, that's how it honestly felt to me. It's like, and I know I suffer from like some of the worst imposter syndrome that exists. So like that's just the way I'm gonna talk. I don't mean to downplay myself um or like be coy to try and get like kudos. It's in my head, maybe it's part of my problem, but like since 16 it's like i've missed a touch by a matter of hundreds to make pan packs in the two fly in 18 i missed on a touch in 17 uh um which kind of like started this like kind of tore away that comfort and i think like so that's what i always tell people it wasn't necessarily just like the lack of success that led me to try to kill myself like because like i've had lack of success before i've had bad years i would say you know i missed the world team at 13 um, the games didn't go my way. And I, at none of those points was I feeling um, 17 didn't go my way. I didn't try to kill myself then. And I think that like the comfort and like that stress that was put on by that kind of like exposed some neural 
multiple workings that went wrong. Um, and so it was mostly like social stuff or like self-image stuff. And like the way that I talked to myself that led me to that moment. Um, I've, I've been very, pretty upfront about that. And so I, I try to repeat that every time I bring it up. But yeah, I think that, you know, when I get into more of like who I am and, or more of a jokey mood, it's like, well, I was owed some bad touches. <laughs> is the way that I think about it. And it's yeah, like yeah. in Butterfly, like you're either going to need some luck or you're going to smash people. And if I just haven't put in the work or if I haven't figured out how to smash people, then I need to rely on my luck. And it's the same thing um, in poker, right? Like you're either going to play premium hands yeah. or you're going to need to rely on some luck. And so it's like, yeah, I've relied on luck in my career. I fully admit that. And I, doesn't, I don't mean to discount the work that we do. I don't mean to discount the skills that I have. But, um, you know, so I'd love to go 50 point. I've been trying to since 2013. Um, you know, and I have like a 0.5 spread in my 100 fly out of 2018 when I pull a bit. Um, since 2013, you know, I've been 51 out of 51.5 every year. So it's like I, that consistency is there. I know that there's the physical piece. I think a lot of it's just that technique stuff. Like, you know, you were my coach this fall. The same thing that we talked about. Um, sorry, no, I swear I'm with Brendan. I don't mean to take that away from you. You helped coach me this fall at the, yeah. during the ISL. And you, you know, you mimic the same thing. It's like you need to get your head on straight. Your mind's going all these different directions. Like you need to focus on the turns and like the actual swimming part. And I think that like that's how you drop time because there's no physical reason why you're not going faster. And it's like, you know, Durden said the same thing. Marsh says the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, my wife, who is not a swim coach, who never swam, says the exact same You know, it, it, it's pretty apparent. So like that's where my focus has been these last few years. And so it's like, it was cool to go, you know, drop 0.8 unshaved and be like, oh, well, boom, progress in the 200-yard fly recently. Um, just to kind of get that, like, like <clears throat> not realization. I do trust everyone in my life. Like, I, I wouldn't work with the people if I didn't trust them. And uh, I trust everyone who I've mentioned. And I love working with them, including you. And um, it was just cool to see that, like, external realization. So it's like, okay, boom, like, we're on to something here. I'm going to double down on therapy and like really work on this kind of stuff. Um, and I don't see a sports psychologist. I don't think that like my problem is necessarily like sports psychology related. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's routine based like time. And, you know, I, I feel like I kind of got that squared away by working with Ken. It's uh, you don't have to feel good to be good. All these little mantras stick in your routine, like, you know, do the right next right thing. And a lot of it is very similar to 12 step, I guess. But like um, all that is kind of squared away. I think it's more like I almost physical, but like chemical in my brain. I mean, like it, it was more like related to how my brain processes information and how I talk to myself in a very like physical uh, neural pathway way. So that's who I'm working. I'm working with someone who specializes in that and it helps me slow down and do that kind of stuff. And um, do you take medication yeah. at all? No. no, I just wanted to do everything I could first. I'm a, firearms owner i didn't know, uh in terms of government work obviously coming out and admitting that i tried to kill myself kind of takes away like fbi job or detective work which is something that i thought i might do but at the time i was just kind of thinking like if that takes that away great that's really just a possibility i don't think that's an avenue i'm going to follow and it was weighing on me so hard through this fall <clears throat> because i see a lot of athletes go through it especially younger ones and it's like look like if i have a platform quote unquote, if you will, which, you know, I don't view myself as an influencer. Uh, I think within this sport, like I knew I could get 
swim swam to write about it and swimming to write about it relatively easily um with you know without asking yeah and, which is they've always been great and, and i'm not saying that's bad i'm very thankful for that you know what i mean is if i can actually move the needle here and um then i would and it wasn't just me i'm not gonna take sole credit for it but like through pretty much complaining <laughs> i'll talk about it in that terms to you as i swimming about not being able to pay for therapy they approved funding for the um for you know a certain uh like a team and the olympic team to get um mental health funding and pay for it. it's not unlimited but it helps every year and it's probably like probably my major source of income so far this year um and all i get to do is pay for therapy but it really helps um so and as soon as like that and like worked and i was like okay well then i can like actually push forward publicly and i really think that like this is, should have impact and i was really like inspired by what nathan did um with his struggles and in, in that ad that they cut um you know i don't feel like any less of a man um quoting nathan and, and, and things like that commercial brought me and a lot of people to tears right it's like mm. it's really well done and um i obviously haven't shot anything like that high quality but i just think that like you know this is another area of life that like i don't think that like i don't think it's gendered and i didn't mean to like relate it so much to that but like i think that a lot of these especially with teenagers it's like for whatever reason when I was growing up. So this is just like my own bias probably, but like girls were like, it was fine to have these feelings. Whereas like guys, it was just like, no. And it's like, no, like this, like I didn't try anything, but like the worst I ever felt in terms of wanting to kill myself was when I was 15. Um, but you're, oh, so you've had, you've had these kind of thoughts before. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Like I can't say like, this is the way it works. All I could say is this is the way it worked for me yeah so it's like you have these ruminations like and there's these little seeds in your head and but then your behavior starts to i'm going to go up and down so your behavior starts to do this whereas the thoughts kind of remain the same so as the behavior gets higher and the behavior gets lower and the behavior gets higher the behavior, well then you hit one of those lows where the behavior is going to like really react to those thoughts um same same thing with addiction right like it it starts off with like oh Drinking was cool, and then it can kind of like snowball on you, right? Um, I'm not saying I'm an alcoholic, but yeah, yeah. I'm just relating it to a similar type of thing. Would really be expressed over age, as you need to reach more and more to fulfill like whatever self realization it is, and like if it's hurting yourself, then that could be very dangerous. And so, I, like when I worded the post, when I announced, and every time I talk about it, I try to be really careful with that because I think it's not just like oh well you know like i just have these like pardon the language here but it's like i had these little thoughts like, oh, i didn't do my laundry today like oh fuck me like that's not that bad and it's like yeah you're right it's not that bad but like it's that expressed ten thousand times more it's not anything more than that and so i tried to like make it in a way to relate to like everyone and it's like oh so it's like whenever i think that i'm less than what i want to be i have these like little like uh, I should just fuck, no, I fuck myself um, kind of thoughts. And it's like, well, that can turn very quickly to like, I should kill myself, yeah. um, in my opinion. Now, quickly is like a decade for me or more, right? 13 years. Um, but I really think that um, for me, when talking about this, I really try to talk about that because it's like, I try to relate it to people in a way that like they can see a machination in their own head and how that can be played out. And so, you know, they can kind of sit back and realize 
oh, that's how you can get there and could possibly get there. So I should probably protect against that too. And I'm not trying to scare everyone, mm -hmm. but I'm just trying to like make it a little bit more relatable because I think a lot of people were like, man, I could like never think that. And it's like, never. Like, I think you could, I think you could think it a little bit because I think everyone does. Like everyone has a regret or everyone has made a mistake. And I think that's the importance of like, first of all, forgiveness. And second of all, like having like that, the coming out about it. Like that was the importance for me of coming out about it. It's making, yeah. making it realize like, Hey, it can happen to anyone. Uh, no amount of success, however large or small you think mine has been, uh, can protect you from it. And um, it's not that weird. Like I, I see it in people's lives every day, just not that bad. And so I don't like rush to their rescue every day, but it's like, Hey, like that's not a good way of thinking about this problem. Well, how do you, know you, what I mean? how do you, yeah, for I sure. I don't know if I did a good job of explaining that. You did, but he, here's what I want to say to you. Like I'm in the, uh, I'm on the side of the type of person in your life who looks at you in a certain way and thinks to themselves, man, he's talented, he's successful, he's good looking, he's, got, he's married, he's, he's got money, he travels the world, he swam for Cal, he's, he's got all these, you know, he's healthy, he's got all these great things in his life. How, how do those people, do they frustrate you? It can be because I think that, like, that's all true. And, but like, when you're in that bad spot, and the reason I know this is because like, and this is why I'm laughing, it's like my brain can immediately go there. And it's like, well, yeah, like he's right. I should be thankful for all that shit. Like, wow, well, I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. that's the takeaway. Yeah. Instead of like trying to like actually rectify. So it's like it, the inability to listen and the inability to connect and like really get to what you're saying. It's like, oh no, he's giving me a compliment. And like, oh, thank you. And like, yes, I'm very thankful for my life. And like, oh, I love my wife and like all this stuff's so great. But it's like, as soon as I even go that thought, it's like, oh man, like I hurt her so bad in that moment, which I obviously did. And I like, just shirked and took for granted everything I've ever been given. It's like, man, that's terrible. Like how terrible am I? And so like, that's the other side of that uh, coin. It's like, okay. it's how you can like, it's not a choice because I didn't have a choice for years, but it's how you interpret those little statements that can kind of like, no matter what it is. And this is why earlier I was saying like, you have to take everything as a positive in this sport because like, no matter what the stimulus is, like you just gave me like some, one of the best compliments I've gotten this year and I was able to take it negatively. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like lead me to, and it's not your fault. It's no one's fault. It's so it's now I have this choice. And so now it is my fault. And that's the way that I tell myself, it's like, so if, I, if someone does hurt my feelings and it's like, no, 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 like we're not 12. You know what I mean? I was basically living in this world as like a big 12 year old and just being like, oh, do you hurt my feelings? So I'm going to feel bad about myself. And, and it's not like relax. Like now you have this choice. And so now you're just choosing to feel this way. And that's fine. If you want to have some self pity or like, really like regret in this moment me talking to myself like regret your lack of thankfulness i think that's okay like there's a loss and i hurt my marriage pretty bad um she really doesn't like it when i talk about that <laughs> but um, well it's real life man it's real life yeah <laughs> um yeah exactly and, and um i just try to keep it about uh, me i'm the public one right so my bad um you know it absolutely is and so like if I want to wallow in that, that's fine. But I have to like be able to understand that like I'm just going to feel those feelings and have to be okay with it. It doesn't mean that I have to take any actions. And then afterwards, I have to do these quote unquote what I stupid exercises that saved my life. And um, it's really silly. Like I sit there 
and I'm getting a package. I apologize, but I have to sit there and like move <laughs> my hands up and down and like spell words backwards. Yeah. And do all these like little like cognitive behavioral stuff. Right. And at the, you know, it, it's so funny to me that man, the guy missed the door. Um, it's so funny to me that, um, like I just tried to kill myself and I thought I was better than it. You know what I mean? And you have those like weird little ego things yeah. in your life. And so it was a big growing process for me. And, uh, one of the first things he did was like, Hey, what in your life? Like annoys you. And I live on telegraph right here. Um, so I didn't want to get away right where I lived, but I just, whatever. And so there's this, uh, beep, 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 crosswalk thing. And it yeah. annoys the living hell out of me. So one of the first things my therapist did, and I think what like really makes him a great therapist is not only does he have a, a depth of knowledge and a breadth of knowledge, but he knows how to apply it. So he applied one of the exercises to that. I noticed it like annoyed me less and like made less physical triggers. Like, you know, when you hear it, you're just like, God, fucking stop. And it's like, that wasn't there. And it's like, oh, wow, this really works. And then we went back to like, it's your parents. So you go back to your parents and you go back to how you were raised and like, they do the best they can. But like, it's how, you know, when it, you, you get those one or two little misses or those four or five little misses and you um, start interpreting things wrongly and you don't know any other way. And then that gets entrenched, right? So like, that's what, you know, ultimately the work is. And like, if you ever do need to go to therapy, uh, drug-free therapy or whatever, um, psychologist, like that's what you're going to be doing. And if you're not doing that, then I don't really know what you're doing. That's like, that's for me, that's what works. I'm not saying that's the only thing that works, but like for me, that's what it is. And yeah, I don't know. I'm not against, um, to go back to your original question, but I'm not against like antidepressants or antipsychotics or, or what have you. I don't know which, uh, I don't, I don't know anything about it. And that's kind of where I was coming from on that day. It's like, I don't know anything about this. Like all I do know is that the half-life can be like half a year on some of these things. And so that means you're not balanced. Sorry, no, half-life can be like a couple of weeks. So you're not balanced for like half a year to even know if it's working. And it's like, yeah. I kind of need a fix today. Yeah. And so I think the fix today was what we did. And, um, and it's still a fix today. So, you know, if, if it ever isn't, then I'll approach another um, avenue. Like I'm not, there's, I don't want to stigmatize that. I just don't have the experience with it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, I also, I know sometimes when you share um, something that's deeply personal, it can, it, you can feel like at the end of that, like, oh, wow, maybe I said too much. You start to get guilty about sharing too much. So, so oh, let me, no. <laughs> let me share something with you. My brother, um, my, my younger brother, two years younger than me, he's been a drug addict for 20 years and, mm. and he's in prison now. And I haven't, I haven't spoken to him in three years. So that that's part of my life that a lot of the public don't know. And it's mm. something that, that I keep inside too, that you're kind of protective of sometimes you don't want people to think certain things mm. about you and, and know too mm. much about you. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I know that you've been mm. really personal with me. So I, I figured I'd I kind of spill a little bit about myself as well. So mm. that's my life, man. But yeah, it's always hard. And no, go for yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you, my brother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, no, uh, I mean, that's life. It's always like a difficult position to be in. Yeah. Um, you know, as I grow older, I, I've always kind of been, I guess, your brother in the relationship. And I have my own guilt to feel about that in a, in a paradigm way. Like, obviously, different struggles, different problems, right? And the, the weaker younger brother, if you will. And I couldn't imagine, I can't handle, like, being in the other shoe. I don't even know how to, I don't, you know, I, mean, I don't have any process for it. But I know that it's hard because I've done it to people. So like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, I, 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 it's a very difficult position to be in and I feel for it. Yeah, no worries, man. Well, I appreciate it. Well, listen, 
I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of people listening to this and a lot of people uh, really connecting with your story because, um, you know, everyone's going to manifest this differently right now and, and everybody's stuck at home. And, and there are going to be a lot of people that come out of this stronger because they've done, you know, they've, they've gone into cooking or they've, they've figured some things out in their life that maybe they haven't put a lot of focus on. Maybe it's their kids and they're spending more time with the kids. And then there's certainly going to be an, uh, another side of people who have lost their jobs and, and uh, you know, fall into depression and maybe, maybe um, start to make some really bad choices based on the fact that things aren't going real well in their life right now. So I'm hoping your story connects with them as well. And yeah, me too. Man. People out, you know, so. Yeah, so yeah and me too. Of course, dude, of course. Yeah. Any, any, I mean, that's like, and thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. To come on. And like, I, I, I've been on a few podcasts, um, but none after I like actually talked about it. So like, if you ever do listen to those, um, you can kind of hear me like go back and forth. It was nice to finally like start talking about it um, in a very real way. So thank, thank, I, I'm very thankful. Yeah. Well, I've told you this personally, I'm a big fan of yours, man. I think you're amazing. I know you don't love to hear it all the time, but, um, I'm just, I just think you're incredible, <laughs> man. I really do. And, and I'm always here for you. If you ever need anything, I know that uh, you've got plenty of people in your life that, that are in that situation for you. So, um, you know, feel free anytime to reach out. All right, man. Oh yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Listen, um, take care and we'll, we'll catch up soon. All right. Phew. Cheers, man. All right. Later. See ya.